Double big lineup seems like it's about to go away. Grant Williams, is he ever going to play? And why Robert Williams sounds like me on a Sunday morning and not in a good way. It's all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day and I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast drop directly to the devices of subscribers so make sure you're one of those subscribers. Open up your favorite podcasting app, subscribe. When the show drops, you get the podcast. That's how it works. You can also do the same thing on YouTube, bring the bell, get notified when a video drops. There you can hop into the comment section, let us know what you think, fight with the Miami Heat fans, who 99% of them have come in and be like, oh, I told you so. So it's been a kind of crazy, obnoxious uh, comment section there. Uh, that's how it goes after losses. And then after the Celtics win the series, they just disappear until next year's Eastern Conference Finals, where, of course, it's going to be Celtics and Miami again. Doesn't matter how. It's just going to be the case. I'm John Corrales. I used to play. Now I write and talk about the Celtics. My writing's at Boston Sports Journal. Com. Later on in the show, this is all just kind of like a things I didn't get to in my crazy haze of 3 a.m. podcasting after game one. Uh, I didn't get into the Jason Tatum fourth quarter. That That's something we're going to have to talk about. Uh, Robert Williams at practice and, and the double big lineup and Joe Mazzulla's comments about the double big lineups. Oh, I don't think those are going to last long. We'll talk, let's just start all there and we'll do it with Tom Westerholm. By the way, today's show brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NBA there, Tom. And when you enter the promo code NBA, they're going to give you a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. How about that? For me? For you. Yes. If you use the promo code okay. NBA. All right. All right. But they'll send you one. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. But you got to buy good. the Bird Dog shorts. All right. But all right. you're going to love them. Is there another but? No, that's it. Okay, but you're okay. going to love them. Cool, cool. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, I didn't love game one. Didn't love game one. <laughs> there it goes. What a transition. <laughs> there you go. Didn't love, yeah, right away, one of the things I didn't love was, I hate to say this, but didn't love Robert Williams right away, which is weird because he, on offense, I should say, uh, on on offense, I loved him. It, yep. Cutting down, you know, ba- the, the, the lobs, the, that part of Rob was great. Defensively, though, for the first time, I, I think ever, Rob was giving back every bucket that he scored on the other end, it felt like, because he was just being so incredibly, like, not aggressive. And I asked him about it today. I was like, <laughs> it was hard for me not to ask it this way. But I was like, was there a reason why you were, like, kind of just letting guys shoot? Was there some sort of defensive strategy here? Because you didn't challenge a lot of shots. And he's like, yeah, they, you know, guys try to always get me up in the air and get me to bite on fake. So, you know, I was trying to stay down. It, it, it sounds like 
the coaches were like, damn it, Rob, stay on your feet. And so he went the complete extreme way. Oh, he stayed on his feet and he didn't challenge anything. I honestly believe that that first quarter defense from him and from others was like so passive that that's what got everybody going. And that's what allowed the third quarter to happen because those, those guys were very comfortable and it took the Celtics massive kind of like awesome end of the second quarter to build a lead. But if, if they had defended with any sort of vigor, let's say at the beginning, it might've been a a much bigger lead at the half. It was, it was like, I, I funny isn't quite the right word because that's a little unkind to Rob. I mean, he just like, he sounded so down today, like post film session, I, I, I kind of felt bad for him. I thought, like, literally the first questions, you know, were like, just your basic, right? Like, how do things look on film? It's like the first question that anybody gets, you know, post post a game. Like, yeah. how things look on film? Let's, like, break the ice a little bit. And Rob goes, it looked exactly like it looked last night. Long film session. Nothing much more to say. Like, what'd you learn? A lot of stuff you don't want to see. A lot of hurtful things. Like, hurtful things. It's hurtful things. Like... like Sheesh, Rob, are you okay? <laughs> you know, he was not okay. I feel like I feel like Rob was just like everybody was berating him. It's like one of those like TV scenes where you cut to everybody just being like really deep. <laughs> like, come on, Rob. Like that kind of like extreme close-up, like and Rob just going like, Oh, okay, 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 I'll jump, I'll jump. Uh, it was kind of crazy. Yeah. He was yeah. forlorn, I would say. Yeah, I mean, and, and like, look, I <laughs> I, I think I think you're on to something. I think I, I think you're right that Missoula probably um, might be a little excited to uh, not maybe not excited, but uh, might be might be not upset about the opportunity to go away from the double big lineup. Um, but like I, I you know, I, I still think that, that mm-hmm. Rob just in this series to me, like just, you know, schematically, it just feels like he makes so much more sense than he did in the last series. I'm. It, you know, if I if I were Missoula, which I'm very clearly not, I would probably be a little bit more hesitant to yank Rob out of the starting lineup right away, just because like this Heat team, like on paper, is is a great team for Robert Williams to play against. They, you know, like there there's so many good places for him to be, so many opportunities to roam, so many opportunities on the offensive end. You know, to 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 be a lob threat, to you know, kind of kind of break things down in the middle of that defense. Like there's there's opportunities for him. And obviously he can still do some of that stuff coming off the bench, but yeah, I mean, not (laughs) a hurtful game one, apparently. Yeah. Um, that's, that's something that, um, I, I, I wonder how vehement they were about, uh, all of this stuff because he, I think Rob takes things to heart. Like he really, really takes this stuff to heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's um it's interesting to see him kind of look the way he did. Rob's the most honest guy on the team. Like he's literally everyone else I feel like is throwing canned answers at us and Rob's just like, you know, in his awesome southern drawl mumbly way just being like pure. He's like the most pure of heart guy on the team. Um I I still feel like this is the classic Celtics script, right? Game one fumble because whatever reason they, 
If I'm being generous, I'm saying, well, they just came off the Philly series. Philly is a slowdown team. Uh, the Celtics are used to playing a certain way. You play seven games against the team. You're used to playing at a certain speed. And what's the analogy I always make when you're going from one type of play style to another? It's when you're facing a junk ball pitcher in baseball, and then the guy throws 95, comes in, and it feels like he's throwing 105. You can argue that that's kind of what you saw in game one. If we're being generous, if we're being the other end and being like jaded, uh, cynical, we can be like, these guys always start slow. They're always, you know, messing around. And, you know, this is, this is what you expect. Either way, game two is a more focused game. And game two for me is always just, Hey, I think I said this against Philly, just do what you do, but do it well. How about do it well? Let's try this. Do everything exactly the same from game one, except try. Better. <laughs> try. Do it Do it better. Because the defense that I'm, I'm looking at, and it's going to be part of my Boston Sports Journal piece for the morning, is like the, using three clips from the first quarter. And half speed is generous for what you're going to see. Like Jason Tatum came out and like Gabe Vincent's coming around a, a screen and Tatum's just like, eh, okay, I'm going to hold my hand up. Like, come on, man. Like, what are you, there's no challenge at all. Nothing. So Jalen Brown said they played too cool. They did play too cool. Mm -hmm. they, they were slow. They were, there was no urgency. And you're like, you guys understand there's, 14 games left at most, at most, if you do this right, you might have less than 10 games left if you do this right. Or if you do it wrong. <laughs> like or if you do it wrong. Yeah. If you do it wrong, sure, sure. Yeah, there's also, there's also that possibility. <laughs> but I'm going to skew positive on this side and say, you guys do what you're supposed to do. You have 10 games potentially okay, fine, I'll give you 11, 12. But that's it. That's all it should be left. If you just try and do it well, your season is over regardless. Hoist a trophy, have a parade, not a parade. Just do all of the things you're supposed to do better and for 48 minutes. But Joe Missoula seems extraordinarily anxious to ditch this double big lineup. I mean... As anxious as I've seen anybody, uh, it's funny being in that scrum and watching him, how you can see that bile accumulating in his mouth when talking about the double big lineup. Let's talk about that next. Oh. First, let's talk about bird dogs. Bird dogs are shorts that are comfortable, that are versatile. Think about them as that versatile wing that everybody's looking for, maybe a Jalen Brown, maybe a Jason Tatum, of shorts, because they come with the inner lining, that double is underwear, so you can wear them just around, you just throw them on when you wake up in the morning, and off you go. You can jump into the pool with them, they've already got the lining in there, the fabric dries off after you jump out of the pool. Think about this, you can go to a meeting in the morning, take a long lunch, find a pool, jump in that, cool off, jump out, your shorts dry off, you put your shirt back on, you go back to work, 
No one is the wiser. And that's what the beauty of bird dogs are. Plus, they make your legs look great, fellas. We all want to show off a little leg. Come on, be real. Go to birddogs.com slash NBA. Enter the promo code LOCKDOWNNBA. Not only are you going to get a great deal on these bird dogs, you get a free Yeti-style tumbler with every order. You can go and wear these great-looking shorts to work on a date to play golf. I mean, you got to keep them clean, but if you're if you're neat, you got these things all day long. No one will know the difference except for you because you're going to feel comfortable and they're going to look awesome. Birddogs.com slash NBA promo code LOCKEDONNBA. You get your bird dogs. You get your Yeti style tumbler with every order. Thanks for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Check out Locked on Heat, they've got a lot to say. You got to check in with the enemy. You got to. Um, so check them out. Watch them on YouTube. I know they've got a lot of things to say. I'm sure they got some shots directed my way. Go there. Go to their YouTube page. Defend the Celtics honor. Defend my honor, please. <laughs> please. All right, let's bring uh, Tom Westerholm back in. He calls uh, <laughs> uh the uh, at, at the team shoot around on Thursday, Joe Mazzulla was asked, um, hey, what did you like about that double big lineup? And he says, um, that's a good question. And I paused there. If anybody's got their like silence turned off on their apps or anything like that, that was like a two second pause in there. It's he he's <laughs> when he's asked. Hey, what did you think about this? Simple, straightforward question. He goes, that's a good question. Newsflash. He expletive deleted. (laughs) Hates it. He hates it. He hates the double big lineup. I cannot. he, He will never say it, but he hates the spacing. He hates what it does to the offense. He hates, hates, hates it because it's one more guy on the floor that cannot shoot a three. And he hates having guys on the floor that do, that do not shoot threes. So I feel like Joe Mazzulla is just itching, itching, itching to get Derek White back in the lineup, go five out and say, you know what? We're just going to space everything out. This is a series where we can do that. As much as you say, yeah, Rob is, he can work. You can also say, Rob off the bench, put him up against Zeller. Like, oh my God, like <laughs> destroy Zeller. Sure. Totally makes sense. I'm not saying that, 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 that Joe is wrong, but I'm also saying like, I'm not so sure that I'm going to bust out the, that adjustment right away in, in game two. I don't think you need to, but whatever. I just feel like. Whew, Joe is going to take the first opportunity to blow up that starting lineup and and put Derek White back in there. I think you're probably right, especially when you look at the actual quote here, right? Well, you you had the um two second pause, and then it goes like like I said, I thought each lineup presented things that did well. <laughs> like he can't even he can't even like after a two second pause, he still can't come up with something nice to say about the big lineup. He can come up. With nice things to say about the players in the double big lineup, right? Like then he he said, you know, Rob was really good, like got offensive rebounds, all that kind of stuff. Like, um, you know, so so he, you know, he, he gave the, the guys involved uh their credit. But yeah, I mean, I like the thing about this series, right, is that both 
like from a talent like on the court standpoint, both the double big lineup and the Derek White starting lineup should be pretty good. Like the Heat have a lot of targets, and I like the Celtics. Like you know whether they were not playing that hard or whether they were, you know, like a couple of the Celtics kind of balked at the idea of saying they had kind of a game seven hangover, like what, like, you know, whether they were just kind of shocked to be playing a team that actually like, you know, kind of belongs at at this stage in the playoffs, like after facing the, uh, the, the Hawks and the 76ers, like whether they were kind of struggling against a team that they actually respect, like, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I just think uh, like, I, I'm with you. I, I think that the uh, the double big lineup could still work. The Celtics have the personnel to like play well with or without it. Like either way, they have more good players than the Heat. I feel like, um, you know, how whether that manifests or not, whether I'm wrong or not, I, I guess we'll see. But like, I don't think it should make that much difference. Like Derek White should work in the starting lineup. Rob Williams should work in the starting lineup. And like, you know, if Missoula clearly has a preference. So, yeah, I mean, go for it, man. But like, like, I don't know. That double big lineup was really good. Like that that should work, too. Like, yeah, I look, I feel like obviously either way, the Celtics, you're right. I think either way, the Celtics go. It's fine. Um, and we we've kind of struggled to see the full Derek White experience mm-hmm. the way we we've seen it in the regular season. And you know what? If Derek White checks one of the perimeter guys, like who would you rather switch onto Jimmy Butler? Rob, who is going to be – if he's going to play the way he played against Jimmy Butler in that first – no, no, no. I, I, I don't want Rob out there either. Um, I'd rather have the all-defensive team guard that can maybe use his quick hands and swipe down on the ball and understand – uh, maybe block a shot, which he did in in this game. I think right. He had a no, no, did not have a block. It went down as a steal. I can never tell sometimes with Derek White because yeah, they're tough. Like, to, yeah. Those swipe downs sometimes can be steals, but they they go down as blocks. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I, uh, one other option that you're not considering that Joe Mazzulla would like you to consider is uh, Peyton Pritchard on Jimmy Butler. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I don't I didn't. I didn't hate the the Peyton Pritchard minutes. I really didn't. And he was only a minus three. So uh, it's it's Jimmy Butler hit one tough shot on him where and he turned to the crowd. It was like, oh, because the crowd, this was a great moment uh, because the crowd was like uh, Peyton was was defending pretty well, pretty strong. Yeah, he was right there. Yeah. And I think I think Jimmy, did he miss a shot and get it back or did he? Did the ball get swiped away and he got it back? Something like that happened. It looked like it was a stop and the crowd was starting to get into it. Cause it's like, Oh, Peyton's shutting down Jimmy Butler. Here we go. And then Butler hit the shot and he turned to the crowd and he said something and it was like, all right, let's, let's just, let's not get too crazy here. Also though, like the crowd getting excited for Peyton Pritchard guarding Jimmy Butler is kind of like a quarterback, like hanging out his wide receiver over, over the middle and just like, he gets oh, like, don't, yeah. don't do that to Peyton Pritchard. Like don't, yeah. don't wind up Jimmy Butler when he's trying to guard him. Come on. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. But I, I didn't think Pritchard played poorly. He just no, no. was kind of like, I think if Pritchard's, if Pritchard's on the floor, then he's got to be noticeable. Yeah. The worst. Agreed. There's the, if he's not noticeable on the floor, then he's bad. Right. And it's not, 
and I'm not saying he's playing poor. Like he's even if he's just like out there and fine, that's bad. Yeah. Because then then that what what are we doing? Then we just would rather I'd rather have Sam Hauser out there. That those minutes need to be difference making minutes. Those almost twelve minutes need to be like okay, we're extending our our uh, rotation out to eight. Mm-hmm. That eighth person needs to be making some sort of difference. He can't just be fine. So that brings us to the question I asked about Grant Williams. And I said, hey, you know, there's, you know, Grant Williams has played well against Miami. I know everybody's written a story about the the Bam out of bio, Grant Williams, long history. Grant seems to go to do well against Bam. He has like, and again, Joe Missoula, non-committal, says we have a plan to use the depth we need to we need in order to give us the lineups we think can really help us. And obviously, in the playoffs, when minutes are expanding, you look to play seven or eight guys throughout. And I think at the start, Peyton gave us an opportunity with his shooting, his playmaking, his pick and roll defense. And like we said before, Grant is always going to be ready, and we've built a lot of versatility in our lineup where we can go a lot of different ways. We trust that anybody we call on will be ready, a.k.a. Grant's not playing. Right? Yep. Like, there's two two things that I can, without him saying it, can infer. That double big lineup is, even if it starts game two, it's not long. It better work right away in game two or else we're not going to see it again. And Grant Williams is not playing. He's just not. I don't know. I Honestly, I have never seen a guy be as important as Grant Williams to a team's success and then suddenly fall off for, I don't want to say minimal reason, but it's not like he flat out sucked. No. He's just, it. all of a sudden, just Joe Mazzula has said, nah, I don't like this guy. I don't like, I don't like playing this guy. So... This is the absolute, when you put DNP, CD, DNP coach's decision, emphasize, bold, underline that CD because this is a, a bold coach's decision. The boldest decision that, that Joe Missoula is making because Grant seems like he would be an extraordinarily useful guy in the playoffs when you need to get a few minutes from somebody that has strength, that has shown that he can switch, and that has one of the best corner three-point shooters in the NBA. What is going on here? I mean, one theory would just be that the, the matchups kind of broke wrong for Grant when, like, especially when you consider, you know, the the, the money that he's trying to make this offseason. Like, he could have really used a playoffs that included Giannis and Tedekumpo, that included maybe, maybe a little Kevin Durant, right? Like, we saw Grant really do well against Kevin Durant. Yep. Like, some of these matchups that Grant would would really do well on, like I don't know that Grant versus Jimmy Butler would go particularly well. Like like Jimmy's just a different kind of player, and like Grant's big thing, you know, the thing that made him so valuable last year was Grant against stars. Like Grant just going in there, you don't care if he picks up a couple of fouls. You don't like that's that's fine. You know, he's not that integral to the Celtics' success or failure. Um, and then Grant can play really free and can defend really hard and, you know, can be really annoying for the stars. And like Embiid, you know, he tried a little bit against Embiid, but Embiid's just so tall. There's only so much you can do. Not nobody really on the Hawks is like 
that guy for Grant to go out and bother. And then, yeah, I mean, you got Jimmy Butler instead of Giannis. Like, if the, if things had gone according to like, like if things had gone chalk, this would have been a huge series for Grant Williams because he would have been guarding Giannis, and we would have all been you know writing stories about like, man, like you know, Grant's gonna get a bunch of money this offseason and all this stuff. But as it is, it's just kind of like, yeesh. Yeah, but. I don't know that he would have got, got guarded Giannis. I just don't know that he would have. Like you like to say he would have. Yeah, I, so do I. Yeah. But I also thought he would have guarded Bam out of bio some. And yeah, I also right. thought he would have gotten right. more minutes against Philly. But right. he had that game five where he did. Okay, so game five, he had two really like outrageously bad fouls, right? Like he was he was trying to be physical, but he got cartoonishly into Joel Embiid's chest. And he was trying to slap at Joel Embiid's hand and, and, and Embiid kind of like rose up and, and uh, drew the foul. But at the same time, I saw how Al Horford was guarding Embiid and he was doing the exact same thing. He was yeah. just doing it better. Just, yeah, yeah, right. You know, like, but I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I feel like Grant, we spent half the season on Twitter. Talking about, oh my God, Grant is earning 20 million. He's, oh my God. That was seriously a pre from like from January, from, from September to January, October to January. Twitter was full of Rob. They should have signed. They, I'm sorry. They should have signed Grant. They should have just given them the extension. They're going to regret it. He's playing above, you know, he, he's going to earn so much money. Look at how he's playing. How do you go from that to this? I just don't understand how you go from that to this. And it's, I just feel like, I just feel like it comes down to Joe Missoula just doesn't like Grant's game. And another coach would and would give him more of an opportunity and would let him play through some of those things. Yeah. It just, that, that just doesn't make sense, especially because of his three point shooting. Why wouldn't, Joe Missoula, three-point addict, want another 40%, 40% three-point shooter out there. I mean, you're you're you you're going a different direction. You're going Peyton Pritchard? Really? I mean, I don't know. Doesn't yeah. Doesn't make sense to me. The the Pritchard that but that's that's why I didn't really like the Pritchard thing. Like I just like I think Hauser and Grant are just more useful players. Like, why did why not try them? Like, why are we like like, why are you trying to throw a curveball right now? You could just, just, just throw it over the plate, man. Like, yeah. put one of your, yeah, yeah, yeah. put one of your good ones in. Yeah. <laughs> Not that Pritchard's bad. Just like, you know. No, you no, know. but, yeah. but, but, like, he's not bad, but obviously, you know, Grant is better and bigger yeah. and a better <laughs> defender. Yeah. And like, I mean, more versatile, like all that stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it could just be as simple as, uh, get Jason Tatum the ball more, mm-hmm. you know, that could be could a be thing. That. Could, could be, be a that. thing. Now, zero for zero in the fourth quarter, um, is interesting. It's really interesting that all of a sudden, like <laughs> how many games have we been saying, get Jalen Brown, the ball more in the fourth quarter. And uh, Jalen Brown goes three for seven and Jason Tatum goes oh for oh. And we're like, Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We didn't mean that much. <laughs> Let's be realistic here. Um, and it's it's more that, you know, Brogdon had three, uh, 
three uh, field goal attempts. Derek White had two. He made both. I mean, those guys were four or five, so I, sh- I guess I shouldn't say anything there. The fact is that the Celtics had 15 shots in the fourth quarter. Um, maybe they should have gotten up more shots. And Tatum yeah. did have three turnovers. And they, he did have six free throw attempts. Yeah. So, they like there's there those are three we can say those are three shots that he took that didn't go down um so he he still had six points in the fourth quarter not a typical Tatum fourth quarter but if you if he doesn't turn the ball over three times and those become three shots exactly then it could have been you know six I mean? yeah and, exactly and if he hits a couple of those then he has a 10 point fourth quarter and that's like oh well 10 point fourth quarter is really good so there's a little bit of a, a, oh my God, what's Tatum doing? Why is he so passive in the fourth quarter? But also, Tatum needs to be better. He made he had two travels and a brutal turnover. Jimmy Butler had six steals in this game. I think he worked for two of them. The other four were just like, oh, okay. It's like finding a 20 in your pocket. Like, oh, this is awesome. It's like, here's the thing. If a player gets six steals in a game... Uh, the other team helped him out, right? Like yeah. Jimmy Butler is a menace. Like he's 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 really good. He's he's a really good at like you know doing the free safety thing, but like that that, that you know just if, if you're doing really well, two or three steals is a really good game. Six is like a yeah, good game, and the other team was like, here you go. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. So did Tatum need to take a few more shots? Sure. Um, the Celtics need to find openings for Tatum and for Brown. I mean, Jalen Brown had two turnovers. Again, here we are in the fourth quarter of a playoff loss and Tatum and Brown combined for five turnovers. Brutal. Yep. That's, it's been a year. And in a lot of ways, this team is different. In a lot of ways, this team is better. But damn it, here we are in the fourth quarter, a year later, and Tatum and Brown are committing crucial fourth quarter turnovers and the Celtics are losing a playoff game to that the to the heat that can't happen. And they won the fourth quarter 25 yeah. to 20. The problem is that they were down what 12 going into that fourth quarter, but they, they had opportunities. I said last night in the podcast, there's a three minute stretch where the, 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 the heat didn't score for three full minutes. And Boston only took five points off the league. That's the five-point difference right there. That's unacceptable. Unacceptable. And I get that Tatum is the focal point of the defense, and you're going to throw multiple guys at him. But just because he gives up the ball when they run two at him and he accepts the double team, it doesn't mean that you don't try to get him the ball back and the same thing with Jalen and the same thing, you know, when you get a star player, yeah, okay, give up the ball. Let's play with an advantage. Then go move. Then somebody set a back screen on one of those double double team guy and, and and let him kind of break free and and get a cut. And maybe it's maybe it's just a a give and go, a basic basketball play, a give and go. Just get the ball back. I mean I don't know, Tom. I, I just feel like sometimes the, these guys don't make the basic basketball plays, and, and it should be it should be a lot simpler than what they're making it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know one of the disconnects is when you see 
the way Tatum is playing, it's like, okay, like, you know, Jalen had all these shots. That's a good thing. You want Jalen Brown to have shots. Like he's, he's an excellent basketball player, but like, you know, like you really want to see part of that, if not, you know, not all of it, but if you want to see part of that being, okay, two people went at Tatum, right? Like, like Tatum got the ball, he got like double teamed and then he passed out of it and then it worked its way around. And then the Celtics got a good shot. Like that's, that's the Celtics offense at its, at its best. And that's, you know, kind of simple Celtics offense at its best. It's just like, you know, like, okay, either Tatum's going to beat his guy or he's going to get double teamed and then he's going to move it. And then it just whips around. Like, like you said, simple, like that's, that's just pass, 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 bucket, pass, 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 dribble, dribble, bucket. Like that's just easy stuff. And like, um, you know, I just, obviously we didn't see that. Like we saw, you know, instead of pass, 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 we saw pass turnover and that is, you know, that's you combine. Okay. You combine those five turnovers, right. What by those two in the, in the play in the uh, fourth quarter with the fact that the Celtics lost by seven and missed seven free throws. And it's like, like, you know, add in the heat shot better than 50% from three. It's like, you can see all kinds of things smoothing themselves out next game and just being a little more normal. But right. you know, the, the larger point just being that the Celtics once again put themselves put their backs right up against the wall and are like, okay, you really don't want to go back down to Miami down to nothing. So you got to win this this game, and here we are yet again. It's funny that Rob, <laughs> after the film session, he comes out and and is is like looking at that film. And all the stuff that you said earlier, and and basically he was like, uh, let me see if I can read the 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 quote from him because it was it was, um, God, where is that quote? But basically he said like, we can't keep doing this, you know. <laughs> he he, and I it it just I can speak from personal experience that he sounded like a guy who had had too much to drink the night before he had sounded like a guy who woke up with a massive, massive hangover and was shown like somebody showed, like, do you remember what you did last night? Like, no, what, what? And someone like pulled out a phone and showed him and he's like, Oh God. Oh, Oh, Oh God. Oh, Oh, put your hands on your knees and be like, I I can't keep living this way. I just can't, like, what am I doing to myself? Like he had that kind of energy, um, when it, when it came to like, yeah, we're going to respond, but we can't keep, we can't keep having it like this. We can't like, we can't keep relying on our backs to be against the wall. We got to come out and do it. So it's very kind of like that feeling. Like I said, Rob's the most honest guy there. Yeah. And, and so for him to kind of have that feeling where he's, he, when he's upbeat, you can tell he's smiling. He's laughing. Like he's, a, you can tell when he's happy. You can tell when he's just kind of like down. And for him to come fresh out of that that film session and be as down as he was, it just says a lot that these guys are. I don't know. I don't know why they keep doing it. And I honestly, I don't think, I don't think they understand why they fall back into some of these habits. Yeah. Um. It's right here. Uh, that shouldn't be the only time that we respond. Uh, that's where we're trying to get out of that habit. Um, it's all about effort, man. Effort and purpose. Starting the game right, playing the game right the whole way. We're trying to shake that bad habit. Yep. You know, I, and I asked, I asked Jalen that last night. You you look at these, it, it it just keeps happening. It just keeps happening. At what point do you break the habit? Right. 
Because this is a dang, like I, I know everybody knows this, like, I, but this is a dangerous game that you play because, like, you like let's say you win, like, like let's just say that you're the best team ever with your backup against the wall. Let's say you win like eighty percent of your games, like you know, like obviously hard to quantify, but like sure. let's say you win eighty percent of your games with the backup against the wall. That leaves twenty that you don't, <laughs> yeah. which means that like you're gonna you might lose a game with your backup against the wall. Like right. the Celtics have a like they respond very very well game six game seven huge games just you know clench your fists and just ride it out big wins good job but like this is that again <laughs> like now you have to clench your fists again and at some point like i don't know like you just that relying on that is like that's that that's, is that's tough. That's tough to go into that well. Business man, that it's is tough to go into that well over yep. and over and over again. Because at some point, like in the finals, yeah, that well runs dry. Right, because you keep thinking that you can go back to that well. Yeah, and at some point, you get complacent about knowing that you're not going to be complacent at the right yeah. time. You know, like that's oh, man, what a tough line to walk. Like you can't do that for an entire playoff right. run. Right, because at some point. At some point, waking up hungover is going to cost you a day at work, and you're going to get fired from your job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's going to happen. Um, look, I don't think Miami could play much better than 123 points on 54% shooting, 51.5% from three. I just don't think that they can play better than that. Now, maybe well, Jimmy, they might. They might if the Celtics keep helping off the strong side the way. Sure, sure. I mean, I don't understand why they keep doing that, but. God damn, like <laughs> just helping off the strong side. I mean, honestly, anyway, um, <laughs> as, a, as a shooter, it's one of my favorite things. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. One pass away. Love it. Um, but gen- now the numbers might shift a little bit. Like maybe Gabe Vincent doesn't have 15. Maybe he has five, but. Caleb Martin has 20 and Kyle Lowry has to like, there's something like that. The numbers can change around like different guys can have different games, but just generally speaking, 123 points on, on better than like 50, 50 and 70, almost 80% free throw shooting is outrageous shooting numbers. The, the true shooting percentage is, is through the roof. In fact, true shooting percentage is 65.9. Uh, it's just ridiculous that they, they had that level of, of shooting. Um, and the Celtics had almost 62% true shooting. So they weren't that far off, but point is this is as good as Miami is going to play. And maybe they can duplicate this four times. It's not, I'm not saying they can't, but Boston point can point to very easy, correctable, mistakes to say, okay, you guys can shoot 54% and 51.5% from three, but instead of 85 shots, you're going to get 79 because we're not going to turn it over six of those times, right? We're going to clean up those turnovers and that's, that matters. So even if the percentages are correct and the, the percentages are sustainable, which I don't think they are. 50% they, is not, I'm sorry. It not sustainable, isn't. right? Yeah. For any offense, much less an offense that has struggled sometimes like Miami's. Much less the 21st true shooting percentage in the NBA during the regular season. Yeah. Right, right. So, but let's give it to them. Sure. Let's give it to them and say, okay, 
Maybe you will shoot 54% for the series. Hey, 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 they shot well against Milwaukee. They shot their way past Milwaukee. So let's just give it to them. Don't turn the ball over as much. Now, now you're getting 80 shots, 79 shots. You so take clean up those five turnovers. Well, those five shots, if a couple of them are three pointers, now it's not really 123 points. Right. Now it's right. You know, even if you're shooting well, now it's down to 115 or so. Yep. All right. Well, now you win that game just right away. Right away, you're to 116. Everything being the same, just not the same, not those turnovers. Even if you miss all of those shots and you don't give those shots to Miami, that's that's a chance to win that game. Now you start to clean up some of the other stuff. Maybe you start running some better offense. Maybe you start uh, finding a way to get yourself, instead of 81 shots, you're getting yourself the 85, 86, 87 shots. And if the Celtics can keep shooting the way they're shooting, and they shot 35, 34.5% from three, well, now, now the Celtics can start piling up to 120 points. It's very easy to look at game one and say, clean up just the correctable stuff. Boston can easily get themselves up to 125 points. Absolutely. Just the simple correctable stuff. You take away some of the opportunities, some of the fouls, right? Some of the, some of the turnovers. You can get Miami down to 110, to 112, to 115. You can get yourself a 10-point win if everything goes exactly the same just by cleaning up some crap. So the Celtics, I still, like, losing game one is never really a, a huge, huge issue with this team. As long as they come out in game two and clean things up. I don't think, I'm not looking for major adjustments. Yeah. Maybe I'm looking for a little bit more Grant Williams. Yeah. But, okay, but even if you don't, not even looking for major adjustments. Clean some of this stuff up, right? And you're going to be okay. Um, but it's going to take that full 48 minutes. Can't keep playing with your backs up against the wall. For God's sakes, at some point, this message has to get through to them. Like game game one, it would have taken 43 minutes, right? Like just fall apart for five minutes instead of 12 in the third quarter. And you probably right. win that game. Like, right. Just don't like, fall apart for an entire quarter. Like don't spot them. And it, a 21 point advantage in a quarter. And what you're an right outrageous, there. What an outrageous stretch that was. And, and I know that there's a lot of talk about the timeout. You know, okay. I would have called a timeout, right? Definitely. I would have called a timeout at the beginning of the third quarter. And then, and then Spo had like had to make him look extra bad by calling a timeout right away in the fourth. It was just like, oh, okay. Right. All right. Right. <laughs> but also, though, people don't remember or people easily forget that in the, uh, when the when the Celtics pulled away from the the Sixers, how many timeouts did Doc Rivers call? Yeah. When the Celtics were pulling away from, the, he called timeout after timeout after timeout after timeout. He called a bunch of them. None of them worked. But no one gives a damn about all the timeouts that Doc Rivers called that didn't work. Right. They give a damn about the one that Spo called that did work. Right. Right. Which and it only kind of worked. The Celtics won that quarter. They got a ton of stops that quarter. Like yes, you know, right. Like that's that's. I, yeah, I would have called a timeout to start the third because sometimes you got to like, like my timeout to start the third quarter about like three minutes in would have just been the, I'm not drawing up a play. I'm sitting there and I'm yelling at you guys for just wake the hell up. Like all the language, all the stuff, you can't use any of this mic'd up footage. It just would have been just 
going off and getting up into people's faces and saying, do you actually care about winning this game and winning a championship? Do you even care that you're, you're giving this away and challenging these guys? Joe, I don't know how much he's into that, but that's not his style. I, I did throw a clipboard yesterday. He did lightly toss a clipboard. He did drop a clipboard on Grant Williams' feet yesterday. He did slip out of his hands and no, he did actually throw it, but, uh, gently, but regardless, um, yeah, I, my approach would have been different, but I still buy into Marcus smart and what Malcolm Brogdon said, like Marcus was, was he, he, when he said, yeah, Joe could have called a timeout, but then what? We could have come out and played the exact same way. Yep. You know? Yep. Th- I thought that was a noteworthy quote. Yep. Like Marcus told you guys everything you need to know about that. Yep. That was a player mentality thing. The players, I don't get it. I don't get it. Nobody understands it. I'm listening to everybody else on their podcast. I'm listening to Brian Robb on winning plays. I'm listening to anything is potable. I'm listening to uh, NBC. I'm listening to Forsberg. I'm listening to Scal talk. I'm listening to everybody. Everybody's confused. No one understands what is happening with this team. No one gets it. I'm looking around for somebody to have an answer. No one understands why they do this. And I don't think, I mean, you can get Red R back, you know, reincarnated, on that bench. And I don't know if he gets through to these guys sometimes, but if you just somebody out there, if any of the family members are listening, if somebody's cousin (laughs) is listening to the podcast, tell them, we know that they're good enough to win a championship. Absolutely. If you honestly, I swear to God, I'm like, if you guys actually give maximum effort you can win this series in like, well, I don't know if you're going to win four in a row. Absolutely. You could with maximum effort from this team. Sure. Absolutely. You could, you could, you could. You could. If you're worried about rest, if you're worried about anything, like just, just mow teams down. We know you're capable of doing it. Go, get your few days off, get your rest, win a championship. That's just go Get this championship. It's right there for you. It's right there. Why don't you want it? Why don't you want this championship? And they're going to be like, what are you talking about? Of course we want the championship. Doesn't look like it. Doesn't look like you want the clipboard. (laughs) I don't have a clipboard to use as a prop. But honestly, does it look like it to anybody? Doesn't look like it to me. It looks like they sort of want it. Sounds like it'd be cool. Could Instagram themselves with, uh, like, hey, it'd be great, great, great for the gram with the photo of the trophy, but, you know, we're cool. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. Play hard and no other adjustments necessary. Play hard. And you got it. You got it. I don't know. Anyway, all right. I guess we're going to wrap it up there. Yeah. Okay. I got nothing else to say. I'm sweating. I'm sweating while podcasting. That's the level of effort. That's maximum podcasting effort, Tom. That's 48 minutes of podcasting. And and I'm not even joking. We are at 48 minutes right now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We Listen, (laughs) and this is the recipe, right? We blew locked on heat out of the water. Like That's right. Blew them out. All you got to do, maximum effort. Maximum effort for 48 minutes. Mm. That's what we did on this podcast. Mm. Setting the example, Tom. It's it's a 20-point win. All right, I'm subbing Tom out. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, uh, for subscribing. If you're a new listener and you've made it all the way to this point, 
appreciate you very much. Uh, if you're one of my bosses at the Lockdown Podcast Network and you're still listening at this point, I apologize greatly. Sorry, got carried away. But hey, sometimes you got to send a message. That's what we do here on the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. So subscribe. And I would love all you regular listeners, you everyday listeners, if you shared the podcast, hey, listen to the show, listen to the game. If you can't watch the game, listen to it on the Sirius XM app. Uh, Grandy and Max, the home call is on the Sirius XM app. So if you got Sirius XM, you can listen there. If you don't, it's a great way to not have to listen to Reggie Miller. So download that Sirius XM app, listen to the home radio call, and uh, have some fun with that. Share the podcast, though. Tell your friends and family that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day.